ready to start. Let's see. We have um, uh, this is we're going to talk about tobacco tax policies, formulation, effectiveness, and challenges. This is a project that PAD has in collaboration with Doc, uh, with the University of Illinois at Chicago, um, with Dr. Roberto Iglesias, who is with us. This is a project that we've been working on for a while. Our team has been working on for a while, and uh, obviously, um, as you all know, it's a very important project because. Tobacco is a health hazard and many people, many countries have now started to wake up to it. Used to be a time when uh, um, I was at, um, studying at Chicago, Robert Lucas, the famous Nobel Prize winner, used to walk into class and put a first thing, he'd put an ashtray in front of him and then he'd chain smoke through the class. But I believe he's given it up too now. And uh, all the students were smoking too, but worlds have changed. We've all learned for the better and we are now not smoking. So uh, thank you. I think it's an important question how, how the policies, tax policies should um, be approached towards tobacco so that people can be discouraged from smoking um, along with uh, so many other things that we are doing, uh, humanity is doing to quit smoking. And uh, lots of my friends who used to smoke have quit smoking. So that's a, it's a, it's a great policy to have. Um, so thank you very much. Um, I'll thank everybody for participating and I'll thank PAD colleagues for, uh, I think they've been working for over a year on this project. So I think we should have some very interesting things to talk about. We've got a great panel for you. We've got um, a member IR policy, FPR, um, Chaudhary Mohammed Tarek. Um, so it's great to have an FPR participation. We always look for government participation. We always welcome government participation because they are our equal partners. In fact, better partners because they have to enact policy. Then we've got uh, Dr. Frank Chalupka. Oh, he is from the University of Illinois. Sorry, I misspoke earlier. He's from the University of Illinois. He's helping us do this project. He's leading the project. Thank you, Dr. Frank. We, we really appreciate your collaboration. Then we've got Dr. Rob Roberta Iglesias, technical advisor at WHO. WHO, obviously, these days in the news, thanks to COVID, they're uh, an important international organization that is helping global health standards. We've got our own Dr. Muhammad Mahmoud Khalid, a senior research economist at PAID, who's been working on this project for a while. We've also got Muhammad Sabar, principal economist, SPDC, which is a think tank in, uh, in Karachi. So we've got a great lineup. Let me not um, uh, hold back. Let me call Dr. Frank Chalupka to begin uh, the webinar. Dr. Saab, over to you, Dr. Frank, over to you. Uh, Dr. Frank, kindly unmute yourself, sir. There, there seems some trouble with, with the system. I can't hear. Uh, Dr. Frank, we are unable to uh, hear you, sir. 
Are you able to hear? I can see the. I yes. can see the presentation. Yeah, yes. Yes. Yes, sir. No. Now it's okay, sir. Now it's okay. Go ahead, now sir. Now he is out. Okay. Sir, go ahead. Okay. I I apologize for that. So I'm quickly going to share some of the global evidence that we have on the impact of tobacco taxation, um, both in terms of its impact on tobacco use, but also some of the, the broader economic impacts. Um, one of the things that we've learned from hundreds of studies now at this point from around the world is that increases in tobacco taxes, increases in tobacco prices, are very effective in reducing tobacco use. Um, we estimate that if you look at the global experiences, a 10% increase in price will on average reduce overall consumption by about 4% in high income countries and by a bit more about 5% in low and middle income countries. Uh, much of the reduction that we see comes from reductions in the prevalence of the use of tobacco products um, this is, is an illustration from Brazil, where we're working with um, some colleagues at the Catholic University of Brazil. Um, and what we've seen there is that as they've pushed up tobacco taxes over the years, as prices have gone up, we've seen significant reductions in the number of adults who smoke in Brazil, um, in large part because people are quitting smoking in response to those price increases. Uh, one of the other things that we've learned is that price has a particularly big impact in deterring young people from taking up tobacco use. Um, this is from a recent study that we did for Chile, where we see that the increases in taxes, the increases in prices that have happened there over the last um, 15 or 20 years have really been effective in reducing um, the prevalence of tobacco use among young people. And here we estimate that, that um, youth initiation is somewhere between two and three times more responsive to price than what we see for adults. Um, the other key thing that we've learned is that it's, it's not just increases in prices that are important, it's also changes in the affordability of, of um, cigarettes or tobacco products. Um, and this is really a measure of how price is changing relative to incomes. Um, so what we see in countries where incomes are rising relatively rapidly, if prices aren't rising faster, the affordability of tobacco products is increasing, and that leads to increases in tobacco use. Um, so the measure of affordability that we use is how much um, pr prices are changing relative to income. Um, and what you can see here from this picture in Indonesia is that affordability was increasing over time. It took less and less and less of income to be able to purchase cigarettes, and that really contributed to a significant rise in smoking in Indonesia. And then the, the big reason that we're here to talk about this is because of the impacts that this all ultimately has on health. Um, and what we know is that when those prices go up, when consumption comes down, we really do start to see improvements in health. Um, and that's illustrated by this picture from France, uh, where we saw taxes increasing in the 1990s, early 2000s, prices going up, consumption coming down, um, and within a short time, we start to see some of the health benefits appearing in terms of reductions in lung cancer death rates. Um, the other part of the story, though, is that these tax increases are not only effective in reducing tobacco use and improving health, uh, they're also very effective in generating revenues, um, given the inelasticity of demand. Um, and that's illustrated by this picture from Ukraine. We see this in country after country around the world. When taxes go up, tobacco use goes down, but cigarette tax revenues go up. Uh, so a few years ago, we reviewed the evidence on this globally, and the key conclusion that we drew from this is that increasing taxes, increasing prices is the most effective way of reducing overall tobacco use. 
Um, the other thing that we've been learning, though, is that it really matters how the tax is being implemented. It's not just enough to raise the tax. We also need to have good tax systems. We need to deal with those issues around affordability and so on. And this is something that we've been looking at um, at the University of Illinois in Chicago in our tobaccoonomics program, trying to really understand the strength of tobacco tax systems, cigarette tax systems in particular, around the world. And what we're doing here is focusing on several key dimensions of these systems. Um, we're looking at the tax structure, what type of tax is applied, how it's applied. Um, we're looking at how much tax accounts for in terms of its share of price, but also in terms of the overall price for tobacco products. And then looking at how um, affordability of tobacco products is changing over time. Uh, if we look at this region, um, what we see is that there are dramatic differences across countries in terms of what's happening with the affordability of tobacco products. Um, unfortunately, in Pakistan, we see that affordability has changed very little over the last 10 years, and that's going to then have very little impact in terms of using the tax to reduce overall tobacco use. Uh, we've also been looking at issues around the, the share of taxes and prices and overall prices. And again, we see here that Pakistan has a lot of room for improvements in terms of raising the share of the excise tax and price and raising the overall share, and as a result, um, in reducing tobacco use. So again, we're in the process of putting together what we're calling a cigarette tax scorecard, um, evaluating tax systems around the world. Um, this is an illustration of some preliminary data from this scorecard. Um, that looks at the strength of these systems. Um, effectively, what we're doing is ranking um, tax systems on a five-point scale, um, with five as the highest possible score, um, zero as the lowest score. And you can see again here, Pakistan um, is coming in just under one on this scale, um, so a lot of room for improvement. Um, simplifications to the tax structure, increases in the tax, increases in prices, and reductions in affordability would help to improve things. Um, the last couple of points I want to make are just around some of the economic arguments that get used against tobacco taxation. Um, one of the arguments that's often heard um, is that tobacco tax increases will have negative macroeconomic effects. They're going to lead to job losses. Um, and this is really a false argument. Um, what we see here is that, yes, when taxes go up, we do see reductions in consumption. We do see some job losses in the tobacco sector. But what happens is that we see more than offsetting gains in other sectors as people who consume tobacco products now spend those resources on other goods and services um, and as the government spends those increasing tax revenues. Um, and we have our colleagues at SPDC on the line um, who've done some really nice work for Pakistan showing the net impacts of tax increases, reductions in tobacco use um, in terms of their positive impacts on employment in Pakistan. Um, another thing that we hear is that these are going to, the tax increases are going to have particularly negative distributional effects. They're going to hurt the poor. Um, and what we see, again, from studies from around the world, as well as some of the emerging evidence in Pakistan, is that this is not the case. Um, what we see is when you really look at the long-term impacts, um, what we see is that uh, low-income populations reduce their tobacco use the most in response to tax increases. Um, they see improvements in health, they see reductions in medical care spending, and they see improvements in productivity that lead to income gains. Um, so this is a picture from a World Bank study for Chile. They've done the same sort of work around the world. And consistently what we see is a positive impact, a progressive impact of tobacco tax increases when we factor in these long-term effects. 
And then the last argument that we hear, and one that's particularly resonating in Pakistan, is the idea that increases in taxes will automatically lead to illicit trade in tobacco products. And again, when we look at the global evidence, what we see is that there's really the opposite relationship. We see countries that have high taxes, high prices, are countries that have relatively small market shares for illicit products, um, and vice versa. Countries with lower taxes and prices actually see bigger problems with illicit trade. And those problems with illicit trade are really generated as a result of, of issues related to governance. Um, the presence of corruption in countries, as illustrated on this picture, um, the, the lack of effective enforcement mechanisms, um, lack of, of uh, good tax administration, and so on. Um, and it's these sort of factors that really drive illicit trade. And again, what we've learned from the global experiences is that governments can do something about illicit trade if they really make it a priority. Uh, if they adopt strong tax administration, effective um, tracing, tracking and tracing technologies, um, prominent tax markings, um, control the distribution chain for tobacco products, um, and really str strongly enforce their tobacco tax laws and imply strong penalties on those that are engaged in illicit trade. And when you do this, we've seen in countries around the world that governments can get illicit trade under control and at the same time raise taxes, raise prices, reduce tobacco use, and raise tax revenues. Um, so the bottom line on all this is that we have a lot of global evidence that shows that tobacco tax increases are very effective, make good economic sense, they're going to have positive public health impacts, they're going to generate revenues, they're not going to harm economies, and this is going to be good for the health and economic development of countries overall. Um, so again, a very quick run through of the global evidence, which you can find a lot more information on our websites. And we'll be continuing to talk about this during the rest of the webinar. Thank you. Thank you, Dr. Chaluka. I think this is fascinating. Tobacco tax policy can really help in terms of controlling tobacco use. And certainly we need to learn from that. Um, but Dr. Chaluka, we've got one of our largest enterprises in Pakistan is a tobacco company. It's probably the second, the first, the second largest company, uh, tobacco company, which is uh, um, sir, uh, excuse me, sir, uh, you're not audible. Can you please move a bit closer to the mic? Okay. okay. Uh, Dr. Shiluka, thank you very much. That's the wonderful... Thank you very much, sir. Thank you very much, sir. Thank you. That's a wonderful presentation, and you give us a way forward in terms of tobacco taxation. We'll get the views from our tax people as to what they think about it. But let me also put this forward, very um, uh, simple question. One of the biggest companies that we have in Pakistan is a tobacco company. I mean, it's probably the second, uh, first or the second largest company in Pakistan in terms of market capitalization. And it has a huge amount of influence and uh, they will certainly resist that. So you, do you have anything on political economy of tobacco taxation too, Dr. Lupka? So I think that is a critical issue. Um, the the um, size of tobacco companies, the resources that they have give them a lot of, of uh, power when it comes to lobbying against tobacco tax increases. Um, and again, I think part of it reflects some of the arguments that I talked about around their economic contributions, um, around the, the potential impact of tax increases on things like illicit trade. And that's where some of the work that we're supporting in Pakistan, uh, work by the, our colleagues at PIDE, work by um, our colleagues at SPDC, is really starting to deal with these sorts of issues, these sorts of arguments. 
Um, the the um, team at Pi, for example, is looking at what the real economic impact of tobacco use is in Pakistan, trying to understand the economic costs of tobacco use, which are going to be substantial. Um, the team at SPDC has looked at the, the macroeconomic contributions, looked at the employment contributions, which turn out to be relatively small, um, and which demonstrate then that when you raise taxes and reduce tobacco use, we actually see economic gains, not economic losses in response. Um, and they're also working on a variety of issues related to illicit trade in tobacco products. Um, and again, demonstrating that tax increases are not going to drive illicit trade, but that there are other factors that are really causing the illicit trade in tobacco use and that could be brought under control. Um, so I think we'll hear um, later in the webinar about some of this research um, and help to address some of these arguments around um, the, the political economy of tobacco taxation. Great, thank you. So then with that, let me just go to the two studies that are being done. Dr. Mehul Khalid, will you present what the PID has been doing? And then we'll go to SPDC and then we'll go to the rest of the panel. Uh, can we ask a guest from the FPR first? Okay, you want to go that route? Okay, fair enough. Ji, uh, Tarek Khan. Thank you very much for, for giving me this opportunity. Well, with your permission, uh, Mr. Nadeem, can I just ask a question from Frank? Uh, uh, I admire the uh, way uh, Frank has, has given his discourse, his wonderful presentation indeed, and very effectively established the nexus between uh, increase in taxes and uh, decrease in consumption of tobacco. Thank you very much, Frank. Here, the countries like Pakistan, where there are governance issues and its enforcement of tax laws is a bit weaker. Whenever we increase taxes, what happens that the, the those who are operating in the informal sector, the, the, there is, is increase in non-duty paid or untaxed cigarettes in the market. Do you have any empirical study or any guidelines for uh, my organization and for myself, that what would happen if I'm going to increase taxes on tobacco, would it lead to increase of non-duty paid cigarettes in the market? Your, your take on this, Frank. So my take and on this is- typical like... scenario Pakistan, yes. Right, so this is, this is a big issue in Pakistan. Um, illicit trade has been a significant problem in the past. And I think it, it isn't because of this automatic connection between increases in taxes and increases in illicit trade. I think a lot of it has to do with how the tax laws are being implemented and enforced. Um, and this is where our colleagues at SPDC have done some really nice work. Um, so there's the concern that you have a lot of cigarettes coming in um, that aren't being taxed. Um, a big part of that is actually due to underreporting of production by tobacco companies. Yeah. Um, so they'll be able to present some, some evidence, I think, later in the, in the webinar that specifically talks about how big of a problem that is um, and some of the ways to get around that. Um, so there are, they've been working specifically on this work in Pakistan. And again, I think it becomes more of an issue of how strongly the tax laws are being implemented uh, whether or not you have effective controls over the, the distribution system, over production. Um, and I think that's where the efforts to implement a tracking and tracing system are going to be particularly important. Um, but my understanding is that that is something that's in the works and has not yet been implemented. Um, so I think as you start to do that, as you start to enforce things better, 
um, you'll be able to get a real um, control over the illicit markets and you'll be able to raise your taxes and simplify your tax Thank system. Thank you, Frank. Thank you. Uh, may, may I now begin to, to with the, the uh, in fact, uh, you made, Zoran Ayat has made my job a bit easier. He has different uh, three or four questions which I need to dilate upon. I would be moving on and uh, these questions which have been referred to me. The first question is, is how are tobacco policies formulated in Pakistan, the mechanism and how are tax rate decided? This very generic question. Obviously, as far as the ideals are concerned, tax policies should be formulated on the basis of certain evidence and rates need to be to moved up or down and the, uh, looking into the behavior of tobacco consumption coming to this typical commodity. But let me, uh, let me share this, that, that we do a bit of data uh, analysis for formulating our tax policies as far as tobacco is concerned. We may not be uh, doing this at an optimal level or at ideal level, the way developed countries are doing, we need to improve this, I understand. And uh, generally policies, uh, uh, a lot of input is given by the FBR, and then we place the policies before the government of Pakistan goes to the parliament eligibility, it's the, uh, the way it happens in other countries. Yeah, I think uh, there is a lot of room for improvement in this, especially in tobacco taxation, and we'll be carrying out a bit more uh, I, I say incisive analysis on the data, and uh, we look into how can we optimize our tax policies for this uh, this suppressing this consumption. Just not, we may not be moving, uh, but we may, may not be making our tax policies just for uh, revenue generation from the sector. Coming on to the next question, that, that was the, what is the basic objective of tobacco tax policies, especially FED on tobacco? Let me, let me be a bit frank in admitting that, that obviously we are having a revenue of around more than 100 billion rupees from this sector. And I being from this uh, revenue collecting agency, I cannot be, you know, absolutely insensitive or uh, to, to the revenue demands. Uh, demands, But there is, is a very strong feeling in the FBR that we are having this FED for a discouraging consumption of tobacco and it's not just the, the source of revenue collection and we have to be mindful of this that uh, this should not be just a source of revenues revenues we aim at uh, uh, discouraging consumption uh, the coming to the next question should tobacco taxation be executed through FET and GST or should there be health tax as well my take on this subject is that FED, especially by definition, this excise taxes all over the globe, these are meant for uh, discouraging consumption of certain commodities. Otherwise, GST would be enough for uh, revenue generation. 
coming to this uh, having this tax that could be called as earmarked for health purposes this is a nice idea this is a good idea having this health tax but we are here in pakistan we have a typical legal constitutional problems when we like style a certain tax and we earmark that this type of taxation will be spent on a particular activity this this comes out of beyond goes beyond the definition of the tax in my constitutional disposition what happens is here we define taxes as compulsory exactions coming from enterprises or people that goes to the uh, to to the common pool common funds that is available for for common purpose uh, to the government to the government if i say i am going to have this tax for meeting expenditure on a specific activity like health my courts do not call it a tax they say this is a fee and what is the tax implication implication is that uh, Uh, the, for the for the fee i cannot make laws by through a money bill and money bill within pakistan these go to only the national assembly national assembly is the competent forum to pass taxation by way of money bill but if if there is some item that doesn't fall in the ambit of the money bill that goes to the senate as well that is a cumbersome process Well, anyhow but i am i will be looking after looking into this uh, having a separate health tax and discussing it further with the the law division and the people around if we can explore this and we can earmark the, this uh, tobacco taxation for the health benefits of the people i uh, in principle i understand this is a nice idea and and that that would be good thing to do but i need to look into the constitutional implications and legal implications of uh, moving this type of proposal coming to the fourth thing what are if any the main hurdles in the fbr in tobacco taxation i think enforcement issues are as we are having enforcement issues we have already pointed out we are referred to the track and trace mechanism we are already into this and we hope to put in place Uh, track and trace system by by this december and, and one thing that should be i'm pleased to to inform to this audience all of you would be pleased to know this very recently we've gone through we've issued the the rules we call it as video analytics of production of any manufacturing unit the rules have been and promulgated and issued what is the idea we are going to have this electronic gadgets and video cameras installed on the manufacturing processes of various industrial sectors and we will be having this uh, technology that can count the production and 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 that is linked to our system fbr is going to have a centralized control room and and the the production sites of various factories would be linked through internet with our centralized control room and and ultimately that could facilitate the the federal board of revenue for real time monitoring of production activities and uh, so far we have entered into a memorandum of understanding with sugar sector sugar industries are the first to to go for this and we hope that we can go for the, this real time monitoring of production of cigarettes on the part of various cigarette industries and if if we are 
capable of installing this, this most of it, the enforcement issue will be uh, optimally addressed, I, I believe. Uh, this is, is a very good step. And for this purposes, the first step was uh, promulgation of rules that is there. And as a matter of second step, we need to identify and enlist certain vendors of this technology. And once we, we uh, shortlist the vendors and enlist them with the FBR, these factories would be asked to buy this equipment at their own expenditure, installed from the listed vendors only. And listed vendors would be responsible that there is no tampering with the system and the system is accurate and works good. And we are into this process in a week or so, we are having uh, demonstrations from these vendors of the, the IT products and technology products. And once that is there, we may be going for this. This is the update from my side. If, if uh, any participant has any comment or questions, most welcome. Thank you, Tariq Sab. Very thoughtful comments. I think FPR has got the essence of the argument, and I think it's worth uh, exploring this further. So I think you, your points are spot on, very, very correct. And inshallah. Um, Thank you, sir. Go to the next, uh, the other participants. Uh, let's go to Khalid Saab. Khalid Saab, do you want to tell us what the um, PID has done? Khalid Saab, are you there? I don't think you can hear me. Can he? Sir, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I think you lost Khalid. You can ask Roberto while Khalid logs back. Okay. Roberto from WHO, can you please give us your thoughts? Okay. Uh, let me upload my presentation. Go ahead. Uh, okay, I, I, I'm going to, to present some perception about tobacco excise taxation in Pakistan related to the questions that uh, uh, were made uh, for this webinar. Uh, in relation to formulation, we have been working with FER for uh, many years. Uh, basically discussing the modification of the structure and rate levels. Uh, initially, our work was concentrated on revenue simulations with different rates and uh, different uh, uh, structures, uh, basically to, to discuss the, the, the revenue implications of tax increase. But uh, recently, and because of the political economy problems that, that Mr. Tariq uh, raised, uh, our perception work has been concentrating on discussing industry argument and showing industry behavior. Uh, for example, for the, 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 this budget, uh, we prepare a report uh, using the available uh, research uh, uh, made by the, uh, the partners that uh, Frank mentioned, but also we uh, show how the two big companies from low before, before the tax increase 
in order to show a strong decrease in the, in the initial months of the year and to drop revenues and to, in, in, in some sense, to undermine the FBR tax policy. So uh, for us, it's essential uh, to discuss the problems, those questions uh, 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 that authorities have uh, in relation to impacts. And, and that is the type of work that we uh, do. Uh, the revenue uh, figures is uh, just uh, one of the answers, but uh, uh, we work all the political economy problems and of course, uh, we use the health uh, evidence to support our claim of, of higher uh, rates. I think that the, uh, in terms of effectiveness, I agree with the Frank presentation. So the, the really tax, tobacco tax rates uh, uh, function. So there is no doubt that they, they reduce consumption and increase revenues. But we are, of course, more concerned about one of the, the industry arguments and one of the questions that Mr. Tariq uh, said uh, in relation to uh, the, uh, the movement of the smoker from legal to illegal cigarettes. So there is no reduction of smoking prevalence and there is not effect on revenues. That precisely it was the argument of the two big companies in relation to the last financial year. And uh, I think that we have to be aware that we, in Pakistan, we have problem to show effectiveness because we don't have enough data on prevalence and consumption. We don't have uh, data on other tobacco products, uh, recent data uh, to show how the substitutions go from legal cigarettes to other tobacco products. So we need more frequent service about the illicit trade market. And we need uh, more, uh, in fact, we need to publish the, the, the Fed uh, revenue data because it's one instrument to, to do the policy discussion. And it, this is not a, a crazy idea. Many countries are publishing their monthly revenue figures. Uh, well, we have the Brazil case, just an example, uh, in, in the countries of the same level of development of Pakistan. But certainly in developed countries, you have the revenues figures. And this is important to show the problems and uh, the, the, the performance of the tax policy. Uh, and here I have a message for uh, the health authorities, I think that the, the, the health authorities can help the tax authorities providing information on prevalence uh, of legal and illegal consumption, provide information on other uh, tobacco products, and researchers and civil society organizations should help uh, health authorities on this effort. Because this, the industry has the argument, and I heard this argument, that all the efforts of the tobacco tax policy in Pakistan show no results in prevalence or in consumption. So that is something that we have to revert because when you have a higher rates, you have a, you you could have you could have 
more illicit market as a proportion, but you have a reduction of total consumption because cigarettes become more expensive. Legal cigarettes and illegal cigarettes. And that is another feature of the legal market. Normally, the industry insists that the, the tax policy don't affect the, the illegal market. No, it's not true. When e e legal cigarettes increase, illegal prices uh, also increase. Finally, I, I, I think that the main uh, challenges that we perceive, and, and this is, a, 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 is not an official WHO position, but it's the, the position of the, those people of WHO working in the country, that there is a strong tobacco industry interference in tax and government policy decisions, because basically the, the, the industry argument is credible. The, the, the people trust the, 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 the rationale of the industry. And, and I think that there are many elements that we have been gathering about the failures of the industry argument. Yeah, and I mainly the research of PI, SPDC, and our small uh, analysis as well shows the, the failures of the industry argument. I think that all agree that we, we have a, a problem of insufficient monitoring and enforcement procedures in place. It is necessary to improve a cigarette tax administration and the, the, the problem of last year create a, a situation for FBR. Yeah? Uh, the, the industry put the argument that, that FBR cannot venture because they are not able to get the revenues. So uh, FBR now has, the, 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 in it's our perception, FBR has uh, the need to uh, improve tax administration in order to secure the revenue. So the uh, bottom uh, line, the industry argument is, is strong uh, because uh, its general uh, reputation inside the, 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 the Pakistan society and the government and uh, the, the the difficulties to secure revenues. And finally, there are other challenges uh, with different degrees of political leverage. Uh, tobacco farmers and tobacco processing units opposing to higher uh, Fed rate on processed uh, tobacco leaves, the opposition of the, the smaller companies. Uh, by the way, the smaller companies increase revenues and increase the reporting. Yeah? So the problem of reporting in, in Pakistan is concentrating on the two big companies because in the last financial year, the smaller companies increase the reporting of the quantities and the reporting of revenue. So there is a, the, this paradoxical situation where the, the industry, the big companies say there is a, a, a disaster because uh, everything uh, goes to the uh, illicit market, and you show the small companies increasing the, the reported sales and the reported revenues to FVR. Uh, and 
finally, there is a, a strong allegation about the, the situation of AJK, the, and there is a, a, a recent research of APDC about this. So these are other issues that are revolving around the tax policy decision. Finally, I, I would like to leave a message that uh, we prepare this year our team uh, uh, to uh, cooperate with FER on tax administration problems. And we, uh, our, our, our practice is to listen the problems, to try to figure out the problems. And we identify that the tax administration is a big issue and we want to cooperate with FER in, in this issue. Thank you. Thank you very much, Roberto, for uh, offering your assistance to the FBR for improving our, our taxation and a number of issues. I'm grateful. I'm, I'm grateful. We will be utilizing your support, obviously, for improving our tobacco taxation. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you, folks. Now, can we, should we get to the, uh, to the studies? Would SPDC like to go first? SPDC? Robert Saab? Others, I don't know where he is. So, Sabir Sab, would you like to go first? Khalid is here, sir. Khalid can start. Okay. Khalid Sab, go ahead. Okay. Khalid Sab. Thank you very much, sir. Thank you. Um, I'm sorry because of a system glitch, I had to shift my place. So, uh, but it's very nice to be here on this panel and uh, especially learning again new things from Professor Frank, Roberto. And it's also very amazing to see member uh, IRS that how willing he is in terms of listening and willing to cooperate in terms of improving the tax policy design because this is what the academicians are here to help him. So I'll not be very long because most of the things have been taken up by Professor Frank in a larger context. And most of the things which he have discussed are also true in the case of Pakistan. And then Professor Roberto, how he has discussed what the issues FBR is uh, facing with and the possible ways out. But I'll uh, briefly share with you my experiences, which we uh, took when we were doing this report uh, on economics of uh, tobacco for Pakistan, uh, which was basically, which resulted into uh, publication of the report. Uh, and uh, most of the things were also presented in the form of policy brief, but I'll just go over it and to apprise the panelists and the uh, participants that what were the experiences which we uh, learned. Okay. So when we talk about the uh, taxation structure in general, the tax uh, policy planning is very centralized. Uh, as Tariq Saab have also mentioned that there is some sort of data uh, utilization, but the overall context of tax policy making is fairly complex and it does not have the bottom up approach kind of a thing. There are uh, administrative measures besides the policy measures which are taken, but the overall focus is revenue. And that's true to a sense because it's, of course, the revenue organ of the state which should focus on collecting more and more revenue. But once it is doing so, there are many other. Uh, fruits of taxation policy, which are often not taken into picture or at least not considered in terms of the uh, weighing out of them. 
there are tax uh, tax policies which are based on uh, sectoral approach and when we talk about the sector there is always a reference that for example the tobacco tax sector is the most buoyant sector in terms of uh, providing us the revenue source so this means it's a collection of all the resources coming from various possible taxes federal excise sales tax the vat or the other so that kind of approach again takes into a mix kind of a baggage of policies where the revenue is on the top and the individual taxation principles are basically not considered so for example when we talk about the fed the objective at the fpr would not be thinking whether to reduce the consumption by using this fed arm of instrument of taxation or is it a revenue spinner and that's what basically is also important that because the fed is the top contributor in the federal excise duty for pakistan it basically uh, helps to contribute uh, especially those sectors which are basically under the fed almost the uh, they are uh, the especially the tobacco sector that's the, among the 10 top contributors in terms of the resources so most of the policies are focused in terms of the revenue and not the other possibilities which could be considered when we talk specifically about the tobacco taxation in pakistan it has improved a lot moving away from a complex system in which there were adverarium taxes there were specific taxes they have moved to a simpler regime in which there are specific taxes at least for the locally produced cigarettes there are adverarium taxes but these are for the imported taxes and uh, products which are like the cigarette or they are basically uh, uh, put in place in terms of the tobacco but not purely the cigarettes and this is the a uh, most uh, not even if not the most but among the one which is most legislated tax structures besides this there is the uh, oil price sector in which there are uh, changes made on the basis of sros but we see also in the tobacco sector there are lots of sros they are uh, improving the they're trying to improve the structure then they're holding back based on certain uh, issues coming out as lobbying or other practical issues the last sro came in on the 11th june almost like um, uh, 19 days before the budget also, although this creates a kind of an uncertainty if we think about the uh, business perspective that there are legislations which are made just 19 days before the budget why can't it come under the regular finance bill but to say so this is most actively legislated tax structure so it's a very dynamic kind of a thing but unfortunately over time the focus has not been on the value chain as professor roberto has also mentioned that there are possible ways of taxing uh, this particular sector starting right from the uh, green leaf threshings where the tobacco is being processed and there was legislation also which was made but that was called back but still there are certain elements to it which are uh, yet which can be implemented such as the informants and the information required so in besides the overall policy planning when we went into the field where we saw the administration happening uh, there was again a sectoral based approach and that basically exacerbated the problems coming from the top the same person had to consider the targets the same person had to mobilize in terms of monitoring even pursue the uh, tax uh, firms paying firms to get the audit and other so there is not bifurcation in terms of the field formations as well and on top of that 
these persons at the field are also not very much uh, capacitated in terms of human resources and other infrastructure. So basically it turns out again, a kind of a, a revenue based approach in which the targets are given and the field staff is just motivated to collect that and whatever is happening other than that, such as the enforcement, the compliance and other things that is on the uh, lower end of the value. Then there is lower probability of the detection as well in terms of the mechanisms which are in place. For example, the, uh, the uh, ban role which was placed in order to see which uh, bundle is moving from which place to the other, that was a bad way in the sense that it did not realize the actual detection. Now they've improved to a sense, but still the track and trace system, which ideally should have been there, is not in place. When we went into the field, there was other uh, facts also which came to our light. For example, if a particular uh, consignment is seized because it was not tax paid, the only penalty to the, uh, the firm which was basically sending that was that its cigarettes are going to be confiscated. It was not penalized in a sense, although uh, this time it has bit improved in the sense that now the conveyance, the truck in which the confiscated uh, goods are going to be carried out would also be uh, basically apprehended, but still that's not a kind of a penalty. So basically the FDR approach is not to punish for rectification, rather it's basically just for the recovery of tax. Again, the revenue principle holds, not the improvement in the enforcement and other matters. As we have discussed, Tariq Sahib also mentioned, the track and trace system is still on track, not on track. Now, there are stringent regulations. We cannot say that in terms of making it black and white, the policies are weak. There are many registration requirements, data requirements, and invoicing requirements, but still the FED is suboptimal at its best because of the very nature. For example, the uh, tax which is charged is a specific tax. So that provides a kind of a price floor and let the uh, businesses set their own price in terms of what price they want to charge. So there is a kind of a, a notches of price and we don't see price competitions happening at the lower end of the consumption. Then it's, it's very uh, uh, surprising to see that since there are very small number of uh, the manufacturer, cigarette manufacturers, for example, two biggest companies may hold almost uh, 70, 80% of the shares of the market. So why can't we opt for those tax regimes in which there are supervised sales or uh, there are installed production capacity regimes because these are just two bigger firms which can basically be taken up in terms of having a better enforcement. And finally, in terms of having a policy for future, which is evidence-based, there is plenty of data available in the form of monthly returns and other issues. And if they are used properly, as Tariq Sahib have also mentioned, we can come out with certain policy proposals which are uh, protecting the revenues as well as protecting the other benefits which are associated with the tax policy. For example, our report suggested that if we shift to a two-tier system, that's not just going to improve the revenue stream, but also improve the our public health concerns. So if we use the data, if we use the evidence which is lying with the uh, FBR, we can still bring out better policy changes. And we are happy to uh, inform the audience here is that PAID is in negotiation with uh, FBR, its department SPRNS, which is basically uh, the uh, uh, data custodian and others, that soon we would be able to collaborate with them in terms of informing uh, them in terms of better policy making and improving our understanding as well. So overall the enforcement or revenue improvement 
through the efficiency of collection is much neglected area of the reforms in the FPR. And it's not just five statement. That is something which is also quoted in newspapers and others. Thank you very much. I'll stop here. And if there are questions afterwards, I'll come back to that. Thank you, Palan Saab. Go to SPDC. Saber Saab, go ahead. Hello, Saber Saab, are you there? Is Saber Saab there? Yes, uh, I am. Sorry, um, I was muted and I was not able to share my voice. So anyway, uh, um, I need to share my screen. Uh, so just give you the... Uh, thank you very much uh, for the point, inviting for this very fruitful seminar. It's very fruitful discussion, and I'm glad to know the views of IPR member Frank and other participants. And it's very heartening. Uh, so let's move on to my presentation since there are four questions, and I'm not covering the whole four questions. I'm just focusing on the last two questions. And the last, the important question for me is: Should tobacco taxation be executed through FED? and GST, or should there be health tax as well? So first of all, uh, GST is not a tobacco tax. The GST is a consumption tax, and it's not for only for the tobacco. It's all for, it's for other goods as well. So whatever you consume, theoretically, you can, uh, you have a consumption tax, and GST is a consumption tax. It's not a tobacco tax. FED is a tobacco tax. But if you really want to add a health tax on top of the FED, so you have to consider few questions before saying should we go for it or should not we not go for it and uh, apart from multiplicity of taxes these questions is health is a devolved subject who will collect the health tax fbr or provincial administration if fbr collects uh, the uh, health tax then how it will be distributed and because health is a devolved subject so if you really want to earmark the health earnings then what, what would be the mechanism? So you have to think through first before going for the health tax. And the, my third question is how it will earmark for the health spending. Uh, remember, we have in the past ECRA surcharge. And the idea of the ECRA surcharge is uh, to raise, uh, to collect revenues for education and not for any other things. But we don't, We all know what is happening to that. Similarly, in 7th NFC ward, we are also earmarked 1% for the war on terror, and we don't know whether it's really earmarked for war on terror or not. So if you really want to add health tax, uh, that is important consideration. And before uh, moving from the health tax, one important thing is you should know what is the distribution of present FED. Uh, at the moment, uh, if 100 billion is collected from the FED on tobacco, it is distributed by uh, different numbers, and that is these numbers came from the NFC award. So federal government is the biggest shareholder in a way, uh, if you're not collecting, uh, uh, aggregating all the provincial value, uh, federal government get 43% of the revenues. Bluistan get the 5% revenues, Punjab 29% of the revenue, Khyber Pakhtunkha 9% revenue, and Sindh has a 14% share in the total FED collected in uh, through the on the tobacco taxes. 
so we have to consider uh, if we are really want to go for health access are those numbers different than these number or we are also proposing we should go for the nfc our my second uh, response to the second last question ke what are if any the main hurdles being faced by the fbi on tobacco taxation i consider there are two big challenges faced by the fbi one is under reporting by the firms second administration differences between tariff and non tariff areas so let's go for the first under reporting we did a very good study uh, and we used different econometric techniques we went through the large number of data sets including the financial time series and also the macroeconomic data sets and what we found a very strange peculiar behavior when you raise the tax uh, as robert also mentioned the, the the size of under reporting is not static it's different so if you look uh, the supply function which is based on the fiscal data uh we found in 2016 17 which is an outlier of more than 40% under reporting of the cigarettes by the large firms and uh, in 2017 18 which is somehow near to the track we found more than 20% under reporting uh in the uh, the data from the large firms and if you go for the financial time series data and uh, our estimate shows uh which is a uh, financial times is on the calendar year and our estimate shows ke 40% under reporting uh in 2016 and 22% under reporting in the uh 2017 the uh, re uh, the research course is already available for uh, for uh, on our website there are also policy brief so there's that's why i'm not going into the details ke how we did it uh second thing is like implement uh, uh, and you came to the conclusion that there's 40 and 27% under reporting is that right yeah that's true so the balance sheets are available and fpr is not reconciling the balance sheets at all i mean we had it's not only the balance sheet basically we also try to uh, use the time series data so let's say uh, if you have historical trend you know, you know the different cost component and then you know the production and cost so by comparing those production and cost then we are able to figure out these numbers and one of the surprising things when we analyzing the balance sheet despite uh, they are showing the low lower uh, production uh, their uh, profit margin is on the higher side so anyway the second thing i also, uh, i also want to cover is the ajk uh, i was in the first time i heard this issue under in the uh, pipe conference when a representative of uh, fbr says ajk is a big problem as uh, even in the heart of islamabad you will find the illegal cigarette or uh, un duty paid cigarette and they are not illegal they are legal and that's why for, for to clarify this thing we conducted a study on the ajk and we published a brief what we found is that that there is no difference in the legal on the legal front so ajk and the pakistan has the same legal 
loss for the tax collection, the rate structure, everything is same. The problem is uh, administration structure is different. In ADK, they are responsible for collecting the federal excise duty. In uh, Pakistan, FBR is responsible for collecting the uh, 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 federal excise duty. And that is one of the biggest difference. We also computed, uh, uh, published the numbers, ke how much they're collecting or how much uh, Pakistan is, uh, FBR is collecting the numbers. Uh, after looking at these numbers, we find some dif differences in administration. And our uh, the, the way we feel it, if the biggest challenge is tax evasion is due to administration and governance issue and not from the legal side. So ADK in, a, in that way is not a hurdle, but if you look at the differences in the administration, it's a hurdle. And what we are proposing, if you are only want to put all the uh, measures which, which Tariq Saab already mentioned in uh, their uh, speech, uh, only in FBR in, uh, in Pakistan, and not in Ejikin, then it might be difficult to uh, get the results. Because if if there is there's a one is, is a strong administration, one side have a strong administration and the other side has a weak administration, then you, not, you will not able to reconcile the result. You will not able to get the results, what you're looking for. So second, we are proposing uh, a strong coordination among federal, provincial, and local, local government is needed. And with the passage of time, local government seems to be a, a bigger player because they are the they are responsible for their union council, their district council. They are the one who can really monitor at the end end of the stream uh, consumption, where we need to focus more rather than uh, because uh, if you are collecting taxes only on the production and there is no in between anything, then uh, it's difficult to monitor them despite having the taken test system. And finally, we, we suggest the FBI should also monitor tax evasion by analyzing financial data of companies. Uh, such analysis will help build a robust tax collection mechanism for the future. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you, Sabir Sab. Um, I, uh, I'll go to the floor uh, immediately, folks. Whoever wants to raise hands, please do raise hands for questions. But before I go there, I'm, I'm still, I'd like to come, come back to all of you and I'm still a little confused. This tax, the GST is obviously being charged at the consumer level. The FED is also being charged at the consumer level or is it being charged at the factory? I mean, somehow I'm, I'm a little confused. Shouldn't the FED be also on the packet of cigarette that I buy? And if that is the case, then what difference does it make as to the factory profit? Every packet of, and where it comes from, every packet of cigarette should have the same FED charge on it. Am I wrong? Um, QG Tarek Sab, what would you say? Uh, I think Tarek Sab has left. Tarek Sab was called for a meeting. Okay, but no problem. Can we go but to can, I, can I respond? Yes. Can I respond to it? Uh, basically, FED has the two structures. So there is a premium brand and the other is the economy brand. So every pack of cigarette uh, not have the same structure. It's a different. If you are buying the gold leaf or any premium brand, you, you have to buy, pay a higher FED. And if you buy a economy pack, uh, maybe Marlboro or anything, I don't aware of it. But anyway, so th then you pay the less uh, uh, tax. Uh, the, the issue is that FED is a production tax. It's, it's collected from the firms. 
uh, while GST is a is a consumer tax, it should be collected in the VAT mode. But unfortunately, so far FED uh, VAT is not collected. Our sales tax is not collected in the VAT mode at after getting out of the factory. So we are still collecting the retail sales tax model, which implies if we collect a whole stream uh, at the factory level, and that's why we are not able to monitor it after getting out of the factory. Once it's escaped the tax, it's escaped. FED is on the same principles of the sales tax. So basically there is no difference in the two, except for the rates. Basically the FED has a separate rate and a separate category and the GST is separate. Otherwise the application mechanism is the same. Uh, Khalid, there's a minute difference in it. Uh, basically FED is not adjustable. While uh, sales, in sales tax, you can adjust the tax you paid on the inputs. Input adjustment is there. Agreed. Look, the FED, as you said, is a sin tax. FED is always charged on a product that the state wants to discourage. Otherwise, there's no reason for an FED, right? FED is a sin tax. So you charge it on cigarettes, alcohol, etc. We don't have alcohol, so it doesn't matter. We are a pure country. But on, on, on cigarettes, yeah, we have an FED. Now, the way I look at it is FED has to be charged on every cigarette as a lump sum. Forget the input adjustment. Nobody wants input adjustment because it's, it's, it's a syntax. So FED is charged on every packet, I would assume. And in fact, every packet, I've seen it in other countries. I don't know. I haven't, I haven't bought anything in Pakistan, no cigarettes. But um, in fact, I gave up cigarettes 50 years ago or 40 years ago. That's a long time ago. There used to be a whole information thing there. How much is the sale tax? How much is the excise tax, etc. And that every consumer knew what you were paying. Do we have that or not? And if we don't, why don't we have that? Why is this we have, charge on every cigarette? We have the sales tax written on the cigarettes, but, but not, the, not that. So you're saying FED is charged in a production mode, right? Yes. So that's the problem. So there are two problems. And then there is this problem, AJK, et cetera. What you're saying is there's a formal cigarette market, which is PT, British American Tobacco and the other. And, and, uh, and Philip Morris. Morris, right? And the, then there are a bunch of these small producers, right? And the small producers, do they have their own brands or are they copying the brands of uh, Philip Morris and uh, British American Tobacco? No, they have their own brands. Actually, uh, they name them as well, especially those uh, which are so-called un-duty-paid uh, uh, brands. So how many total producers are there of cigarettes? Well, I, mean, I, I know of the two big I know of the two big ones. British American, which is the largest company in the stock market, surprisingly, or the second largest. It's even larger than OGDC, or sometimes it depends on the price. But basically, uh, like, basically three companies listed in Karachi Stock Exchange. Okay. One is uh, 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 Philip Morris and uh, Pakistan Tobacco. Finally, the third one is Faber Tobacco. Uh, we also surveyed the uh, Azad uh, and Jammu Kashmir, and we found the two companies, uh, Wilson and uh, I forget the name of other countries. So, uh, companies. So, they too are operating in there, but they have a different uh, brands. Uh, you will find uh, World Cup, Kisan, so many brands and. Uh, uh, we try to trace out okay, whether these uh, two companies which are operating in AJK are producing these cigarettes or there are so many small producers uh, who are producing. So it is very difficult to unpin. 
कि हाउ मेनी प्रोड्यूसर बिकॉज नीदर लेबर फोर सर्वे नर एंटरप्राइज सर्वे कवर एनी इंफॉर्मेशन अबाउट देर आर अबाउट आई थिंक ट्वेंटी वन सिगरेट मैनुफेक्चर इन पाकिस्तान you have any idea of the market share i mean let's say british american tobacco is such a large company it should have the largest share in the in the in the, in the system so philip morris would be the second cyber would be the third do we do we have any idea of market shares of these companies how much how much of the market do they own pakistan tobacco company has more than 60% share uh, and uh, philip morris is on the decline trend so it's they have around 30 uh, 30% 25 30 And the fiber is five percent, uh, roughly. Uh, all producers only five percent. Yeah. All all producers around five to ten uh, percent, not more than that. Yes, ninety percent is the basic three big companies. So doesn't that make the task of taxation much easier? Exactly. If you have nine percent of these big companies that are easily identifiable, that are sitting there right in front of you like a sitting duck. Then I don't understand all this thing about administration and you know running around putting in electronics etc. It sounds to be like, you know, hey, if I see these two giants sitting there, how difficult is it to go and find out what they are doing? And as you said, you can find out from your from the balance sheet too. I'm a little surprised. I mean, this is this is to me it seems a very simple exercise. So what's happening? What am I missing? you're right but what the argument which they present is that if you tax us then the uh, production line coming from these smaller uh, companies are going to go up so basically you're going to lose resources so uh, rather than pulling strings in terms of better enforcement they always ask for lower uh, taxes because the illicit trade is the their key argument in terms of not implementing the uh, supervised sales or uh, having a, a, a like the overall uh, a, a productive capacity based uh, sales tax or fed taxes so do you have any idea of the sub elasticity of substitution i mean i know people are very very uh, sensitive to the brand that they smoke right and people would not easily switch to the kisan brand from um, you know dunhill or something right so if there is a very low elasticity of substitution Uh, this argument that, that somehow people will switch to the small brands if you put an FED on the larger ones seems again a little uh, strange to me. Have let, you got any idea? Let me clarify. Let me clarify. Uh, basically, you you have to divide this uh, entire uh, tobacco um, manufacturing in two ways. One is the premium brand, and you are rightly pointed out that there is a low less switching in the premium brand. But if you look for the lower end. where the poor people are consuming they are not very rigid or strict to the particular brand so these kisan olympic all these uh, cigarettes for the lower uh, lower uh, poor classes are not very rich people uh, and thereby that's why they are manipulating it that's why they the cigarette industry is arguing that if you raise the uh, taxes on the lower tier Uh, we will uh, uh, switch over. Uh, they will switch to the illegal uh, uh, cigarettes, or but that that argument is also the false argument because uh, as we said, we proved it in our study that when uh, FBR raises the taxes and uh, there is low, they show show the low production. Uh, uh, they underreport basically. That is not the switching from uh, uh, for 
for, to the other brands because their market share is very low. And that's why we said that the underreporting is a real problem. I think two things that you guys should put in uh, One is the market structure. Can I add something here? Go ahead, go ahead, Naya. Mm -hmm. uh, the question you asked would be answered in one of the studies we are doing right now. Next. We are looking at the switching behavior. Mm -hmm. And it is a switching behavior between cigarette brands and even switching from one kind of tobacco product to another kind of tobacco product. I mean, maybe somebody would, because of uh, the price increase, stop smoking cigarette and switch to Naswar. So mm -hmm. we are looking uh, band switching, product switching, and that study would hopefully be out by December. Mm -hmm. I mean, and there is willingness to pay aspect in that brand switching, product switching. We are including everything in that study. No, but, but let me ask you, why, why would you even be concerned? Look, if I'm an addict, you try and switch me out of tobacco, I might go to opium. I might go to marijuana or something. Okay, fine. So big deal. I mean, you know, hey, addict, addicts are very small in number and addicts will switch to anything because they have a habit. And you can't, in terms of this macro picture of, of taxation and, you know, trying to change behavior, you are not, you're dealing with the large mass of the, of the population, not the small addict population, right? You are trying to influence the people. Am I right, Dr. Frank? Um, am I that we are trying to attack the habits of a certain group that is rational, that will respond to the price structure, and that will try and, um, you know, people like me who are sensitive to price, and I'll say, hey, I'm going to spend $200 of my budget doing this, so I might as well you know, try and watch TV or something, right? But if I'm an addict and I'm going to switch to marijuana or something, then fine. I mean, you know, what can you do about it? And, but I, I assume that's a very small percentage of the population. Am I right, Dr. Frank? It, it's a very small percentage of the population and, and it's actually something that we see the opposite. Uh, a lot of times these addictive behaviors are complementary to one another. Um, so that rather than seeing price go up on one, people switching to something else, what you tend to see is a reduction in overall consumption across the different substances. Um, so we've done some work um, in the U.S. that hasn't been done in Pakistan yet, but uh, we find that marijuana and cigarettes, for example, are complements. We find that alcohol and, and cigarettes are complements. Um, so you actually, by raising the tax on one, you see benefits in terms of reductions in the consumption of the other ones in addition to the benefits you get from, from the reductions in cigarette consumption. Um, I think the new work that's happening with PIDE will help shed some light on this. It doesn't look at the substitution outside of tobacco, um, but I think it will be very helpful in understanding this switching between brands, switching between tobacco products in response to changes in, in relative taxes. So the complementary argument is very, very, very important. It should be taken into account, the substitution complementarity argument. But I think quite frankly, uh, maybe I'm wrong, but I think the big companies this is the political economy issue. The big companies are trying to get a tax reprieve and uh, increase their demand by pointing fingers at the small companies who are marginal players, who are very small players, that there will be a large substitution. The small companies don't even have the capacity to make that substitution. It'll be a very small substitution, if at all. Um, I mean, I've been on the policy table and I've been in meetings where the big companies came and said this, and we've had this discussion. Um, the problem is that number, the way I look at it is this is a very small segment of the market. It's an informal segment of the market. They're not even geared up to supply uh, the huge amounts that Pakistan Tobacco and Philip Morris supply. 
So uh, I hate to keep naming those companies, but they're very large. They're 90% of the business. So their balance sheets will be hurt by taxation. The poor companies may respond by means of increasing, maybe getting one or 2% more market share, but that's about it. I don't see them getting 50% of the market share. So the question really is the government has to be clear on this. And I think our studies can make that clearer, but nevertheless, let's go to the floor. Let's get Ali Kamal. Ali. Salam sir, how are you? Um, Salam to all, hello to all. So basically, it's a, it's a, it's a revenue-based approach of uh, the policymakers, and basically, uh, it's the same text to fund healthcare program, research on health, blah blah blah. I, I would like to uh, highlight a new book, which is a new book. It, it's a book by Raghuram Rajit, which is a missing link over in the policies, which says that government, markets, and community-based approach. So community is totally missing in all the policy making. And even if the tax policy or the devolved policy we are talking about, whether it's a FED tax or a GST tax, the community should be involved in that. And it should be local tax if it can be, because uh, if, 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 if the FED can be local test, it's uh, Mahmoud Khalid or Sabir uh, wants to uh, tell, tell us that it can, can, can we uh, collect FED, change the name of FED, uh, but can be at a local test or not. So secondly, is it enough? Uh, is there is are we enough uh, putting tax on the cigarettes to reduce its consumption? Because if we uh, look at USA, UK, or France, they put higher taxes on the cigarettes to reduce their consumption. Are they going? Are they substituting from cigarettes to marijuana or some other drugs? Are they so much addict? Um, and, uh, uh, and, and the last question maybe uh, it's, it's basically asked, uh, answered by Dr. Dorena Ayab that it's a behavioral aspect which was the elasticity of substitution. And I think Omar is still here and he can, he can tell us that whether if we put 100% or 200 or 300% of tax on cigarettes, whether uh, the, the, the smokers will change from smoking the cigarettes to smoking something else or so on. Thank you. Fair enough. Muhammad Khuram, then I'll come back to the panelists. Please note the questions. Muhammad Khuram. Um, yes, uh, Asalaamu Alaikum. Um, does, uh, like, like, do you hear me? Now we can hear you. Okay. okay, okay, okay. Uh, it's a very um, nice webinar. I just wanted to, uh, like, raise this uh, issue that, um, like, you are talking about Texas, and there's a very, like, um, like, there's a kind of a brand which is uh, easily being used and like, like followed only for the um, the people of like the like in the parliament and the presidency. Like I don't know what's the name of that particular brand, but I think it's almost tax free. So the rich people of Pakistan, they they are prone to um, the tax. I mean they 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 can enjoy the cigarettes. So, and um, the other thing I want to um, like point out is that the price alone is like, cannot be alone the um, mechanism to stop um, the, um, stop from smoking the cigarettes because um, I've known um, like smokers that they, they cannot switch to um, lo lo lower brands of cigarettes only because of price, because like if someone switches to another brand, he or she could get like allergy or like sore throat and you know more health problems. 
so so they stick they stick to the same brand even if the costs are rising so 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 in order to avoid like all these medical complications so and i will definitely like the first question which is related to could be related to the fvrs um apparently the brand that you're talking about somebody said in the chat room that it is sorry sir sir i think it's it's a very special kind of brand only it's it's being like given to the employees and bureaucrats who are working for the um, yeah. presidency and like like it's high called, scale offices called the senate special brand company yes senate okay. senate Fair and um, politicians thank you yeah tobacco Thanks. company distributing it because one of the companies has some senators as well some people in the parliament so that's fair enough but i i, yes. I nayab do you want to say anything on on, on the subject no not really uh, zaudin saab is here he's yes. he's uh, one of our pi partners i guess he would like to say something okay go ahead zaudin saab thank you very much uh, uh, for giving me opportunity yes uh, first thing uh, i would like to quote this this was the one of the senator who is the uh, owner of the tobacco industry and he distributed this senate packet free of cost without pictorial warning uh, in the in the senate uh, to his, his colleagues mm-hmm. uh, it was a very uh, wonderful uh, webinar and a discussion on the tobacco taxation and it is really needed i don't know uh, the honorable member bihar is still available with us or not uh, i i had a question uh, uh, i already posted in the in the hair that uh, it's to be industry argument that uh, if government is going to raise the taxes their prices is going to increase it's not only increase the illicit trade but it will increase the the local uh, uh, non duty paid and the counterfeit products i i used to argue this with the tobacco industry when they were uh, uh, they were visiting the ministry that i never saw any any litigation any complaint from the uh, major uh, tobacco industry partners against those culprit uh, using their brand name using their their products uh, i don't know it's definitely there is something fishy fishy the tobacco industry is, is not uh, actually uh, want to make it public or uh, claim this Yes, this is the Senate. Yeah, thank this you. Is, this is this is the segment that uh, Horam was talking about. No, but and, but but I think quite frankly, let me ask a question here. Should this and maybe uh, Professor Frank can answer this question. Professor Frank, if this was done in the U.S., would the federal excise duty be collected? I mean, is this possible to do it without collecting the excise duty? Professor Frank in the there? US yes I'm sorry in the US the the federal excise duty is collected at the manufacturer level and it applies to to all cigarettes unless they're intended for export um so th- this type of system wouldn't be possible uh, where you'd be able to have these sort of cigarettes distributed without paying the federal excise duty um so there are a lot of issues at the state level in the US with the taxes that get applied there uh, but now with the federal tax okay Okay, fair enough. Fair enough. Well, I I I must confess that there are still number of questions that come to mind. For example, Khalid Mahmood, do we have 
do we have an idea of the elasticity of demand for cigarettes? Is it a very high elasticity, a very low elasticity? Dr. Frank, do you have that in the world? Do we have any idea of the elasticity of demand? So actually, it, uh, our report basically uh, uh, had this section on the elasticity. Uh, Dr. Mohammad Nasser, uh, who is also present in this, can shed light on it. But uh, as, as I said earlier, that our results were at par with the journal overall results of the world. The premium brand or the rich class had a lower elasticity of taxes. So uh, they can basically afford any type of increase in the taxes. So that's what we suggested as well, that the revenue objective of the firms as well as the FPR can be basically managed there. Whereas the uh, lower premium brands, lower brand uh, cigarettes had a high and negative significant uh, income uh, price elasticity. So therefore, there was a probability that if we increase the taxes there, they're going to switch towards other possibility or even reduce consumption. That's the second part of the study which we're doing. But we had uh, significant elasticities, lower for the higher brand and those who can afford it. So in terms of the higher income quantiles and for the lower bracket, the uh, price elasticity was high and significant. Okay, okay, fair enough. Okay, folks, uh, who would like to answer some of the, Dr. Frank, would you like to answer some of the questions that were raised? So just a couple of questions or comments. Um, one was the question that you raised earlier about the, the issues around substitution, um, you know, substitution not just within tobacco products or across brands of cigarettes, um, but also substitution to other substances. And again, there's no evidence that that happens. If anything, again, these tend to be complementary behaviors and raising price on tobacco products, raising price on cigarettes um, can lead to additional benefits in terms of reductions in some of the other substance use as well. And then this, this other comments around price not being the only factor that affects demand, um, I completely agree with that. Um, what we see is that it really requires a comprehensive effort if one is going to reduce tobacco use. Um, so price is by itself the single most important factor, um, but other, other policies, other tobacco control efforts are going to be important as well. Um, and that's part of what's behind things like the Framework Convention on Tobacco Control that talks about not just price, um, but other demand reduction strategies, other measures to control supply. Um, and that's part of what we see in, in WHO's Empower package that talks about the importance of, of graphic health warning labels, other public education efforts, um, smoke-free policies, restrictions on tobacco marketing, um, and support for people that are trying to quit. Um, so I think those, you know, price will work very well by itself. Price will work even better when you have a more comprehensive effort to try to deal with tobacco use, both demand and supply. Thank you. You reminded me of that. I, I was going to ask that, but then I thought it was not part of the study. That why are we not working on other aspects of demand? Since our objective is to reduce demand and not necessarily just to raise revenue, why are we not working on other aspects of demand um, um, uh, manipulation? For example, as you said, smoke-free zones and other things, right? Why are we not uh, thinking about those things? smoke-free zones, you know, many other things that, for example, one of the things that discouraged many people when I was in the fund was that people had to go outside the building to smoke. So the stigma associated with standing out in the, in, 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 in the you know, uh, street with a coat on in the winter and trying to smoke and everybody noticing you, lots of people got dissuaded by that. 
So, so I agree that, that that is something that is happening. I mean, I think there are civil society organizations. I think the um, tobacco control community in, in Pakistan is trying to, to move towards a more um, com comprehensive policies to try to reduce tobacco use. Uh, I think it ends up being the same challenges that we talked about in terms of the opposition from the, the tobacco companies um, and the lack of political will to get this done. Um, but I think there are um, several others on the, on the call that can speak to exactly what's happening in terms of um, the tobacco control efforts there in Pakistan. Um, but uh, rest assured that people are trying to implement strong policies in addition to raising the tax. Okay. Um, okay, um, folks, um, uh, Khalid Sahib, any questions? Uh, sir, I, I, would, I would also like to take comment from Professor Frank uh, regarding the uh, use of uh, higher prices through taxes to discourage the new uh, smokers, basically, it's a kind of an addiction or perpetual demand which we are trying to break. So even if it doesn't help the uh, current existing smokers in too much changing their behavior, the possibility of having a lower epidemic of uh, tobacco uh, smoking can basically be reduced uh, for future. So if that can also be elaborated. Yes, that, that is definitely true. Um, so we, we know that tobacco tax increases, price increases will affect current smokers' behavior. Many will try to quit, um, very addictive as we've been talking about. So it sometimes takes many tries before somebody can quit successfully. Um, but where the tax has its biggest impact is in reducing initiation among young people who haven't taken up the habit yet, who haven't become addicted. Um, and we see in the work that we've done in the U.S. and, and what we've seen around the world, um, kids are somewhere between two and three times more responsive to increases in taxes, increases in prices, and it's particularly effective when it comes to, to preventing them from becoming addictive, preventing them from becoming regular tobacco users. Um, so it's, it's not just going to have these short-run effects, it's also going to have a growing impact um, over the long run as a result of, of deterring people from taking up tobacco use. Good point. Dr. Roberto Iglesias, can you tell us what the WHO recommends in terms of a health uh, policy, but specifically regarding economics, what should we do to reduce cigarette demand? So what kind of price as well as non-price measures should we be thinking of? Dr. Iglesias? Thank you for the question. In fact, I think that Frank was answering this. We work under a framework, a convention of for tobacco control, the FCTC, and the mandate is not only on, on tax and prices, it's around several measures, non-price measures to reduce consumption. You mentioned one of several of them. So, and, and Frank also uh, pointed uh, some of them. So, uh, in Pakistan, we are also working with the Ministry of Health uh, in order uh, to implement the Framework Convention. For example, uh, warning levels, a pictorial warn, a picture, a pictorial health warnings in 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 cigarettes uh, are are important to discourage the consumption and uh, certainly a smoke-free uh, environment. 
So um, we are supporting the, the efforts of the Ministry of Health. And uh, uh, if you allow me, I think that uh, the, the, the best way uh, uh, of the Ministry of Health to support tax policy is to implement the other policies. Because normally, one argument of the tax authorities is why I have to do all the effort if you are not implementing the other things. So and, and with, we, we have that discussion with FER. And for this reason, I mentioned some of the, the, the questions. For example, good data on prevalence and, and consumption, good data on other tobacco products, because uh, FER is concerned about the substitution process, not only to the illegal cigarettes, but to other tobacco products. So uh, all these things to, to, to watch and monitor the, the consumption of other tobacco products is an important uh, tool in the this, uh, tax policy discussion. So uh, um, I would say uh, the WHO is trying to build a, capacity on the implementation of the uh, FCTC uh, provisions on uh, demand reduction. And as Frank said, uh, it's very difficult in Pakistan uh, because uh, one of the problems is that the, 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 the big tobacco companies has credibility in the, in, in the in not only uh, among tax authorities that listen the arguments, but also uh, at different levels of the government. So, for example, the, the industry uh, undermined the other uh, tobacco control policies, and authorities uh, are listening. Uh, and I, uh, I think that the, the work of the Ministry of Health is to uh, refute and argue against this uh, industry statement about the lack of effectiveness of the tax and other tobacco control policies. So let me, let me ask you, uh, so what you would recommend, WHO would recommend is, one, we should put labels on cigarettes, Right, which is health hazard labels, which would be education for the people. The second thing is to actually have a smoking policy for offices and various public places so that cigarettes can be, you know, special areas where you can smoke and not everywhere. And um, what other restrictions should there be? Public places, you have restrictions, you have. Yeah, yes. We have the. The guidelines for a smoke-free environments is, is comprehensive. It's not only a public office, so it's restaurants and, and, and public, uh, public places. Uh, uh, so uh, uh, there are best practices and, and we are uh, helping the, the Pakistani government to implement the best practices elsewhere. And, uh, in relation to evidence, I, I, I think the smoke-free environments at taxation are the two big measures to reduce uh, demand. So uh, as Frank said, uh, we have to put taxation 
uh, with other uh, tobacco control policies and uh, smoke-free environments are, uh, are really uh, effective to, to reduce consumption. So as, as you said, the people going outside to smoke uh, uh, is uh, discourage the consumption uh, and, and, and force the, the, the quitting decision, yeah. So I hope, uh, Mahmoud Sahib, Sipra Sahib, you, uh, you, should, you will put this in your report, the WHO guidelines. So Mahmoud, uh, Khaled, your last comments, and then we'll go to Sabir Sahib, sorry. Go ahead. Uh, thank you. Thank you, Professor uh, Roberto, uh, Sabir Sahib, and uh, Tariq Sahib. It was a very good discussion. And uh, since uh, Dr. Nayab has also informed that in the next phase, we are looking after in terms of the cross-product uh, uh, elasticity, so hopefully, in future, we'll be able to uh, put certain better policy proposals to the FPR as well in terms of having uh, more evidence-based uh, policy making. Uh, but for the time being, this is something which is more of a kind of um, uh, in misinformed kind of policy making. And our objective was basically to facilitate the FPR and those at the public health uh, places that this is a win-win kind of a situation which we can work together with. Fahim Jahangir, I don't like last minute comments, but go ahead. Fahim Jahangir, quickly. Okay, Fahim is missing. Okay, Sabir Sab, would you like to say something? Uh, thank you very much. Uh, I agree, this is a very fruitful seminar and uh, we're also working for the few future studies, including this, uh, one of the survey where we are. Uh, analyzing the mechanism, okay, how it is responded by the participant raising uh, uh, the revenues uh, without going to the different kind of uh, substitution uh, estimation. I also want to respond to the Ali Kamal's comment on the community involvement. Uh, I would say okay, I, I do not suggest that okay, FED should be collected by the local government. What I should suggest is okay, community should be involved in the implementation, effective implementation of the laws. So they are responsible to uh, to check whether illegal illegal cigarettes is available in their community or not. And uh, there is a, also a mechanism where district government can uh, district uh, commissioner can be involved or district monitor committee can be involved to monitor whether uh, the tax laws and uh, graphical warnings and other things are uh, taking place in their community or not. So that is one way we are looking for uh, forward and uh, hopefully. We will further analyze this this kind of analysis. And thank you very much for your uh, kind uh, moderation. Thank you. Thank you, folks. Thank you. Thank you. Um, uh, Professor Frank, would you like to say any last words? I just agree. This has been a very uh, useful discussion and I think very helpful. Um, and I'm just happy to see all the good work that's being done um, in Pakistan by our colleagues at PIDE, by our colleagues at SPDC, but by many others as well. Um, and we're happy to continue to support this work and look forward to future discussions and to seeing progress with tobacco tax policy there. Thank you. Thank you, Dr. Frank. Uh, Dr. Roberto, any last thoughts from you? I, I would like to thank all, all of you for, for, for this wonderful seminar. Uh, and I, I would like to stress that we are using the PIDE and the SPDC research in our a conversation in our a discussion with FER. And I think 
they are very good uh, pieces of research and, and very useful. And uh, I think that we have a wonderful cooperation and uh, I looking forward to, to work together in the near future. Thank you. Thank you very much, folks. I think uh, this has been a very good seminar. We should do more of these. We need to get into the entrails of policy and this is exactly that. Tobacco is a very important subject. Of course, it's a health problem. Everybody recognize, recognizes that. As I said in my lifetime, behavior has changed. As I mentioned, my professor would first chain smoke through the class. All kids were chain smoking, but now, unfor now fortunately, uh, nobody dares to open a cigarette in a class. Or, you know, so uh, we have learned even at parties now, people first ask, may I smoke? So that all this is because we have taken a proactive approach to tobacco. And I think I thank WHO and I thank um, the University of Illinois Chicago for giving us this opportunity. We really need to take these steps further and uh, we are very happy for this cooperation. We will inshallah continue it. It's an important subject that we should uh, push further. Thank you, folks. Thank you, everybody. My thanks to all the participants and, uh, uh, you know, inshallah, we'll continue doing this work and many other things. All the best. Khuda Hafiz. Bye-bye.